0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Skidpad Podcast. And for today's episode, I know it's been a minute, but uh, I basically wanted to start this whole episode off with a bit of a disclaimer. Um, A lot of things have happened since the last episode. Uh, I know it's been a very long time in the sense of what I was striving for and what I wanted to do uh, as far as the podcast was concerned. but now some things have kind of f- fell into place, fall, fell, fell into place, uh, where I'm able to do this a little bit more frequently. I'm able to kind of dedicate some more time to it, and I'm really, really excited to do so because my last uh, schedule and situation was just very much against uh, things that I was able to do as far as research as far as, uh, passion behind what I wanted to talk about and keeping guys, keeping you guys up to date as far as what was going on. So uh, I got some things to talk about and I'm going to be very, very passionate towards it, but I just want to just reiterate that things have gone from good to great in the sense that, and, and not in a bragging sense, but um, a lot of things per myself and my family kind of came first in order to get this situated so that I can actually come back to this and be excited and not have any qualms or or pre-existing like uh I guess ties right so one of which is a new job so finally doing something that I got my degree in it's financial analyst position like I'm super hyped for it because it gives me a reason to like kind of actually get after my degree and get paid for something that I spent five years studying for uh, and actually start that career second is folks moved so with that I kind of moved up with them but again with this new job I'm looking into a new spot where it's going to be my own apartment I'll be able to record a whole mess of it uh, anytime I want, really do some other projects that I'm kind of leaning into as far as potentially streaming. I know I talked about it a while ago, but um really, really excited to kind of get that off the ground. So with all of that, that'll be the, uh, yeah, and if you hear people talking in the background, uh, it's a smaller spot. Uh, but financially, it makes sense because uh, saving a boatload. Uh, and I can definitely go into more detail, not so much their personal situation, but why it was a good investment and a good financial decision to sell when they sold and buy when they bought. So, uh, but I'll save that for the next one. Now, as far as all that's concerned, that's done with. Can definitely touch upon it later. But one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I'm super, super excited for it. In a very interesting way is the Lamborghini Countach. Now, for those of you who don't know, Lamborghini Countach came out 50 years ago. Today, ultimately. And it was one of the most iconic cars ever. Uh, And the only reason why I say ever is because it's very, very special to me personally. And it's actually one of the cars That sparked my whole interest in cars. Um, And before I get into the new one, I'll talk a little bit about the old one um, and why it was so special to me. So way back when, I was seven or eight years old, and my folks took uh, myself and my sister, or my sister and I rather, into the city. We're meeting up with some relatives, uh, New York City to be exact. And it was one of those things where it was a great you know, day. We were in a, a minivan. I will never forget it. And not the new minivans now where you can like roll down the middle window and shit like that, where it's like a massive just pane of glass is erased from existence. You had to be in the fixed glass and it was tinted. So seeing inside those vans was like impossible at the time. And it's important I give you context uh, to why that's so relevant. So in the city, never forget it, going down a street, and it was a couple lanes wide, and it was on, a, 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 I want to say it was the west side, or east, one of the rivers. We, had, we were very, very close to the river, and we were driving along, and we were in the middle lane, and suddenly two Lamborghinis pull up either side of us, and I shit you not, one was yellow and one was orange the yellow was a Diablo I couldn't tell based on the stickering if it was an SV model or anything like that but I knew it was a Diablo and the other the other was a Countach now this Countach was one of the most spectacular things I had ever seen and I don't know why my memory just decided, you know, what, I'm going to just pull it up because I I miss it so much. I have the new one up just plastered everywhere because I want to talk about the styling a little bit. But uh, let me just actually learn how to spell real quick. There we go. And, of course, the new one is just everywhere. There she is. Yo, this car was spectacular. It was the most radical thing I may have ever seen with a big ass wing and the headlights and the the arches being like flared in the rear, but like still hiding. The, I don't know. It was everything I could have possibly like pictured in a car. And so I don't know why, but I was drawn to the Countach. And by doing so, I absolutely, I I, I nearly broke the glass. I like Absolutely hands-on glass. Nose, like, kind of shifted back into my cranium. Like, I definitely felt a couple of cracks, like, as I pressed my face up onto this glass. And the guy was looking at the, uh, obviously he's just looking around himself, like, being a good driver. Wouldn't you with a fucking super rare Lamborghini? So, he sees me just enough through the glass where he starts chuckling and of course they they both kind of ride ahead of us just because of how the traffic was and they started like chit-chatting back and forth and I was absolutely geeking out I was in the backseat I was losing my mind I don't know why and sure enough you hear that crack that was a bad crack it was my shoulder um <laughs> so they started chit-chatting back and forth And all of a sudden, in unison, they both just started revving the shit out of their engines. Like, it was the most beautiful noise I've ever heard at that age. And sure enough, when the light goes green, they both just floor it right off the line. And they're going and going. And of course, it's New York City, so you only get like a block or two. And then you have to stop. So they absolutely ripped it off the line. And the way it was, it was only one car in front of us, or it was super light traffic. So we eventually caught up to him and I was just tapping the glass like freaking out because we were like eye to eye now. And so I was freaking out, I was absolutely slapping the shit out of this glass and the guy just laughed and he gave me a thumbs up. To this day, I wish I had the ability to meet that person and shake their hand because they started a lifelong passion that I don't think I'd ever would have gotten in the same sort of erotic sense as it would have if, if not for that situation. I'm sure it would have been summoned in some other way but that particular moment I will never ever ever forget. Never forget. So, that's why this car is so special to me. Moving on though to the all new brand spanking new Lamborghini Countach LPI 800-4 and why it's so special now and why everyone should appreciate uh, certain things about it now. Now, just for a little backstory on Lamborghini as a company, they have yet to announce any sort of car that's electric. Not the Urus, not the... Uh, the What's another one? Scion, cyan? 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 Um, they're strictly sticking to motor is better, V12 is better. Like, the more V-cylinder place displacement, the better. Because it's what makes a Lamborghini a Lamborghini. Makes sense. So, for the 50th anniversary, really, and the resurgence of this car, there's something to note that it is not a replacement model for the Aventador right this is not something to replace that lineup it's not the end of the new and simply reversing back time to resurrect older ones right not something like the Camaro Challenger Mustang any of those even though the Mustang was a bit more consistent so Camaro and Challenger and Charger those were resurgence those were something that the companies saw demand in They brought back in massive quantities and kind of put quality on a slight standstill in the beginning, but realized once traction came through, it made more sense for them to stick around and actually upgrade it and bring it with the times. Yeah. Okay. So this car, first of all, is only going to be made 112 times. Let me say that one more time. A singular car model from Lamborghini is going to be made 112 times. Okay? So it's going to be rare. If you have any form of ability to take a picture or even just admire it from afar, do so. Because I promise you it's going to be one of the most rare things you'll ever see. At least automobile-wise, until another one comes out, right? So... And speaking of which, I saw this thing on TikTok. Like, oddly enough, it just kind of, I was literally this morning, because I'm recording this as of, what was it, the 16th. And uh, so I was on TikTok this morning. I scrolled around, and I was like, oh, cool, the Aventador. And all of a sudden, I read the captions, like, new New Countach looks pretty dope, doesn't it? And I was like, what the fuck? So, of course, I let it go through again. And, of course, the taillights were different. The slope was different. The headlights were, oh, it was wild so i was like shit i have to talk about this once i get some more info so a little bit about the the stats because i know that's what people are probably interested in 12 minutes into the the show so it's got a motor right engine 6.5 liter v12 Almost nothing new, and you'd kind of expect it at this point, right? It's a big Lamborghini, it's a flagship, it's a signature. You want something with the prowess to match the presence, right? And the the understanding as to what the car is. Here's a kicker. It's got a little e-motor on it. Which, if you don't understand what that means, this ultra-rare pretty much hypercar, is a hybrid. It has finally met the hybrid group. So it meets companies like Porsche, McLaren, Ferrari, and a whole mess of others that have now a signature ultra-rare, ultra-high-spec supercar and hypercar to be involved with electricity. Not in the sense of fully electric, but electricity is involved. It's an ingredient, right? Which is a massive step. I don't think anyone really understands where this is coming from because Lamborghini stated, like, absolutely not. Like, the company will basically die. And, of course, this is me just paraphrasing. But the company will basically fall short and it will be the last company to introduce something outside of a V12 for their cars. Point blank period. So the fact that this is involving a little electric motor, 48 volt to be exact, uh, mounted on the transmission end of the entire thing. So it's basically mounted right after... The transmission portion and directly bolted to the axles at least to my understanding um, it's designed to basically help with the periods in between shifting because it is a single clutch. I don't know why they go with single clutch I get this weight savings and strength but it doesn't make sense for shifting like it just it it is such a lug. it's like a sledgehammer to a surgeon's knife when it comes to shifting. But this kind of helps to that argument because the electric motor with however much torque it possibly can produce, which is a ton, even for a little guy, it'll help that interruption, right, of shifting. It'll make it more continuous, harmonious, growing to 0 to 60, top speed, all that good stuff, which you can reach. To Zero to 60 in 2.8 seconds. Not bad. Not bad. Especially for a, a V12 and the top speed of 220 miles per hour. 220 miles per hour. And all of this, right, is basically produced from 802 horsepower. I'd imagine to the crank. Not so much to the wheels, but impressive nonetheless, given that basically all big Lambos uh, have created a sort of signature line of like upper sevens, you know, mid to upper sevens as far as horsepower. And uh, as far as the styling, because I I want to reiterate that the styling of this is extremely uh, appropriate. It's very appropriate. It takes pretty much the entire front and top, front top and side profile of the original Countach. So the original Countach, I got both of them kind of side by side here, so I don't screw it up too bad. The headlights being square, big plus. It's not. It doesn't have the Aventador arrow. It doesn't have the Huracan arrow. It's very retro in the sense of boxed leds within boxes right so it kind of pays homage there the angles of the hood and roof line as far as the grooves within it are very very tip of the hat towards the old hood the old uh hatch towards it the the glass bonnet as you might consider it it's very appropriately styled to what the old one was especially one without a wing. Um, and that's something that a lot of people were preparing for, especially with the performante and stuff like that, having forged carbon wings, it would have been natural to put a massive wing on this thing. But instead, they decided to go with a, a uh, an active wing, an active spoiler. So it kind of fits, and I'm sure that would make it just that much better in turning, traction, all that stuff. Maybe air braking, who knows. So that's all fitting and the side vents are functional, they're massive, They're, it's all just good. It's all just a great feeling. And the fact that even down to the side gills uh, just behind the windows, right, your left and right window, there are these window panes and gills that were designed to help f- feed en- or air into the engine to help cool down, blah, blah, blah they still stylistically went with that choice, which is easily something they could have said, no, it doesn't make any sense, blah, blah, blah. But they put it on, and it it works, honestly. It just looks good. So, And it's funny because it does, for a millisecond, make you think Aventador. It really does. Like, the wheels and the arches are very quintessential to Aventador. So you'd be totally okay with just mistaking this thing for an event store right off the bat and especially the rear because the rear i think is the opportunity for it to be different uh but unique you know what i mean like it doesn't have to be exactly like the old Kuntash. it could be its own identity and it kind of does i mean the old uh let me see if i can find a rear of the old yeah here we go so the old one was very like – it had a bar dead center and then the lights at the very, very end. So it looked very uh, ends of a pole, if you will, like very arrow, arrowheads on either end of a stick. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just what I'm looking at. So the fact that – yo, my shoulder is on fire today, my god. Uh, <laughs> so it has three little bars, right, outside of a very arrow-shaped uh, housing. Within it, it's three little squares. One is, uh, the very ends are for signals. Middles are for breaks or daylight breaks, I'd imagine. Or daylight um, uh, lights. And then reverse lights at the very, very middle. Right. With the new styling, it kind of has a bar going across, but it's much slimmer. It is It it, it only makes up like, I'd say, 20% of the entire rear which says a lot because they re- they must have seen like the ability to fit a massive engine with all sorts of new components and stuff like that especially for exhaust and cooling to not need that and especially the underskirt to help suck it down because this thing from the angle that they're showing you could basically see in front of the rear tire from behind the car so it's low Do not get me wrong. This thing is not like a monster truck all of a sudden. But from a certain angle, they depict it to be very much hollow right in the rear so that as air passes underneath this thing, it'll suck it down that much more. So all in all, and I can only imagine what that wing looks like when it's actually like propped up because it's going to be sick. I cannot wait for people to review this thing Um, because it's only going to be insane and the fact that uh, the little electric motor is now a factor is just going to be that much more intense. Um, And the fact that they kind of went with the name, uh, side marker here, LPI 800-4. I can understand why, model-wise, they would kind of throw that in, but I don't think it's necessary. I think the new, like, Countach is enough... For them to identify it and be, you know, because either way, whether it's the new kuntash or the old Countach, it's a kuntash. It's an amazing staple of a car. You don't need to add all these, like, conglomerate things at the end of the name to make it super different or help you understand what the car is. It's a kuntash. Like, I, I'd understand if it was fully electric or if there was like a a whole new motor in it or a new engine for you to be like no no no, this is the labeling because of the numbering it's like dude just it's a Kuntash. is what it is so that's my only fault and it's the name has nothing to do with the car it's just the name that they chose for it so with that um you know now the factor comes down to price yeah um so price not exactly a Honda Civic. Not exactly an E-Type either. Uh, no, not E-Type Jack. I <laughs> meant E-Class. Okay. Not exactly an E-Class. Um, I reckon you could probably find an E-Type for a little cheaper than this too. Um, while there's no official pricing for it just yet, uh, with the same sort of drivetrain uh, depicted from, the concept cyon or cyan uh, and the rarity from a hundred and twelve units. Let's say it again, hundred and twelve of these things in the on the planet. It's definitely most likely, potentially, gonna be north of two point six million dollars. So if you see one. Do everything in your power to take a picture because that's going to be one of the coolest pictures ever. That's just, that's basically it. So that's the Lamborghini Countach. I cannot wait for people to review it. Uh, Just keep bringing on information about this thing because I just want to see how it looks while in motion. Because I can only imagine it's going to be much more poised and a little less radical but in a new way. Like, it's not going to be boring, but it's going to be sleek, right? So, very excited about that. Uh, And following that up, uh, it's funny because these things both kind of have electricity involved with it, but in two very different ways. And it's going to be a mini-ran, heads up. So, today, right, we got a nice little heads up from uh, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration uh, that they're going to be running an investigation on Tesla's autopilot system because, and I quote, at least 11 accidents where Teslas were using autopilot crashed into parked fire trucks, police cruisers, and other emergency vehicles. Okay. Now, I don't know where to start with this one, and it's funny because I've given myself enough time to actually digest the information to try and depict something for you guys, but there's something odd to me still about the fascination of autopilot, and I am not saying that because I'm a car guy, or I enjoy driving, or the fact that my personal car is a manual, a gasoline manual car, right? So I truly enjoy driving. The idea, right, of autopilot is cool in theory, and I totally understand both the business end of it and the consumer's convenience end of it. However, roll with me here. I think it's the biggest problem. The biggest problem when it comes to selling electric cars. And the only reason why I say that is because of the figures from those 11 crashes, right? So among the 11 crashes, solely the 11, it's killed one woman and injured 17 others, right? So for every crash, you have a potential of hurting more people than just the driver and or killing them. So not a great look. And, on top of it, it's been going on since the first recorded death using this software in 2016. During a man who apparently got whacked by a fucking tractor trailer down in Florida. Died. RIP. Which is ridiculous, because I understand the ability to use it, but you don't need to always Use it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you possibly doing, especially with the technology now? Like, what are you doing with just the autopilot on? If you're just sitting there and looking at the steering wheel, I don't think that's good use of the time. Like, you can drive if you're like sending an email. I'd understand, but at the same rate, not everyone's got a Tesla yet. You're um, if that's the case. Get a chauffeur. Get a chauffeur. If you're that intense on sending an email, you're probably at a stature to like afford somebody to drive your ass around and be like, no, no, no. Driving is too, is eating too much of my time. So I need to send this email and I'm willing to pay somebody else to safely, keyword safely, drive me to and from my destination. But no. We're going to hard park a Tesla because status, and this email is way too important, so we're going to throw on autopilot. That is the only possible reason, personally, because it's not like you're eating. Well, I, 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 I'm struggling to understand what else you would be doing. Sleeping? I could never sleep in a car while it's on autopilot. Never. I barely sleep when other people are driving, let alone the car is driving and of course this just makes it harder to sell the fact that 17 people were injured and one woman died on top of all these other people that have been going on since 2016 like it just doesn't make any sense for me it's a cool feature but if they were to eliminate it and just say hey it's not going to come out for another 10 years right let's just say that for argument's sake Ten years, you no longer have any form of, like, over five miles an hour of this car propelling itself without the input of a human. Okay. You now look at an electric car for what it is. A car that propels itself on electri- electricity, so greener energy, even though, you know, carbon footprint might be a little debated, but greener energy. You can work on things like Range and actually making it longer, drive further. And it could do other things like, I don't know, park itself. That's the most autonomy human beings need, is help parking. Because they suck at parking. But outside of that, I don't understand why autopilot is so sought after. Like, that's why I think, uh, unless, <laughs> unless other Car manufacturers try to do the same thing, even though I think it's a it, that is gonna be the hardest sell. If things like the Mach E or whatever GM throws out to be fully electric in the next you know couple of months to a year, if those things are flag shipping autopilot, I think it's gonna be a massive killer as far as their potential sales. If they just sell the car for what it is as an electric car. I think it has the potential to outsell almost any Tesla. I really do. I really, really do. Because I think they'll recognize the brand better and they'll be able to push more towards something they believe in outside of this whole conspiracy, not conspiracy, but the black magic, right, that is autopilot. Because people who can afford them are probably not terribly savvy and. Phones to begin with. I don't know. It's one of those things like if if you're not terribly tech savvy or understand the, the underlines of it, people are normally apprehensive, right? They don't like new scary things. They like things that they know, things that they've understand for a long time. So autopilot to me is is going to be the biggest hold on electric cars, which sucks because I I believe in the idea of electric cars. I really do. I think the performance is outrageous for what you pay for. And I think we have the technology to make them drive farther, but it'd be just too much money unless we find a new mineral or something like that or mine our way into discovering the million-mile fucking battery or a 1,000-mile battery even at that rate. But that's personally my take because I can't understand why... All this is why people love the autopilot so much. And even so, right, Elon Musk has actually been on record saying, and I quote, or here, I'll tell you the actual quote, right? Musk has been on record saying that human interaction with these systems, quote, could make such systems less safe, end quote. So it's an all or nothing And as apes in a car, if we get scared, we think we need to intervene and interact. So your now somewhat safe software program is being tampered by those that are afraid because, again, they don't know. And manipulating it and forcing it to course correct when we are trying to also course correct and causing things to happen. Not to say that every situation went down that way, but I can only imagine. It's not like the software is just looking at fire engines and being like, oh, there's one. Beeline straight towards the rear of it. Flashing lights? Let's go there. Like, this is not a a mission on Tesla to just have accidents happening while people are taking naps. But if you just maybe take it out of the equation for 10 years. Make it like perfect, like bulletproof, and then introduce it in a little software update or something like that. That would be huge. And it's not like your stock's going to tank either because you're doing so well already. And plus, if you lean off that software, maybe you could produce some more. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it at that because I'm sure nobody's listening but if tesla ever got wind of this they probably like come after me or some shit but with that said i thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the skip Pat podcast and i promise you guys this i will do everything in my power especially with a couple guests i have lined up uh that i get to this much more frequently and with much more right that uh we can make it much more entertaining podcast and much more fun show, especially for you guys. So, with that said, let me know what you guys think in the reviews, comments, all that good stuff. You can follow me at Adam Polvoraro and everywhere. Uh, and I will see you guys next time. Peace.